Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. On February 10th, I will be five years alcohol-free, and I have such gratitude that I have found a new life, a new way of living. And before I got sober, I was handed the promises from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. What they promise is that there is another way of being, that this feeling of uselessness, of despair, doesn't have to be the way that we live. And I used to look at those promises and they just felt like there was no way that I could have them, but they have been fulfilled for me. It has been both a slow and a quick process if I look back on it. And this episode is talking about that promise that was given to me by the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that I could choose a different way, that I could choose a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make deep and real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media, join the private Facebook group, and even our monthly soul recovery support group on Zoom to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support the podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I am Rev Rachel, and I am so happy that you're here spending your time with me today. I love spending my time with you. I really do think of each and every one of you as I'm sitting here recording these podcasts. I imagine each of you in your various locations being ready for soul recovery, being hungry for finding a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. And if you've listened to these episodes before, I hope that you have gotten some connection from my story, that you hear yourself in this story. And if you're new, 
I am just so glad that you're on this journey. Welcome to soul recovery. Welcome to discovering your own inner peace and your own happiness. For today's episode, I wanted to talk about the promises of AA. And I wanted to talk about them because I'm coming up on my fifth year of being alcohol-free. I'm so pleased and excited that I'm coming up on five years. And my sober date of alcohol-free is February 10th, 2018. I got off of an airplane from a three-week trip to Thailand with my mom, having drank my last drinks on the airplane got in a car with my husband, had a huge fight, thought to myself, there's no way that I can quit drinking. This is the stuff that I can't stand. I just had this great trip and we had this uncomfortable, horrible fight in the car. And I knew at that moment that I had to do this for me. I had to find my own way to be happy and that if I didn't save myself, then there wasn't hope for me that I was really going to have this life that was going to continue down this path of daily drama, daily upset, broken heart, just feeling like I couldn't find happiness. And the promises are so important because early on before I quit drinking, even when I was back aware that I had a drinking problem, and that it had something to do with this unmanageability that was my life. I had friends who were in the program that were those kinds of AA people that are really good where they don't go talking about it all the time. They don't push it on you. They're not trying to get you to quit. They're just being gentle and kind and living from a life that you look at and you think, oh, well, your life's not dramatic. Why are you happy? It doesn't seem like you guys fight. And in one of those conversations, somebody ripped out the promises from the AA book and I stuck them on my wall. And at that time, I wasn't ready to quit drinking. It still was such a part of my solution, or at least I thought it was. And I couldn't quite see my way out of the bottle yet. But I used to read those promises, and they just seemed so far-fetched. So I'm going to read you the promises. They are on page 83 of the AA Big Book. They come from the chapter called Into Action that discusses the steps. This is what comes. This is what's being offered. This is the promise after you've made it through the ninth step. I'll go through the steps here in a minute, but I just want to read you these promises because they're so powerful. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear for people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, and we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us 
what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. I just remember reading that for the first time and hearing the word, we can know serenity and peace, that that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear, that there'll be a way to have fear and economic insecurity leave us, and we'll know how to handle situations that baffle us. At that time of having this handed to me for the first time, it just seemed like it was so far away. There's a song that I wrote when I first got sober, and the chorus had come to me long before the verses did. And the chorus was, I know you're calling for me, Spirit. I know that you're calling for me, but I'm afraid. And even as I say that today, it brings up a lot of emotion because there was so much fear in actually getting sober. And I know for many of you that you've walked through this door of soul recovery because somebody else in your life is an addict. And it can be hard to understand, like, why can't they just quit? Can't they see that this is hurtful to them? Can't they see that this is detrimental? By the time I was where I was, where I was writing this song, that I knew that I was being called by a higher power to heal. I could feel the words that were telling me that there was something on the other side, but I was so afraid. And then when I got sober, then I wrote the verses. And in the verses is a line about, I hope the promises are true. Because these promises seem so out there when our lives feel so unmanageable and so dark. And this is true for all human beings. You don't have to be an addict to have these feelings that it feels like our life is just out of control. What I love about AA and Al-Anon and what I love about what is being created in soul recovery is this is a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. And that AA was founded on the principles that if you can actually turn it over to a higher power, step three, and work these steps, step one being admitting that we're powerless over alcohol, over everything. Soul recovery reminds us that we're powerless over everything. Believing, step two, that there is a power greater than ourselves that can restore us to sanity, that we can trust and have faith that there is another way. Step three being handing our lives over to the care of this God of our understanding, whatever that is for you. Step four is a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Looking at our resentments, looking at those places where we're holding on to all this energy and all this negativity and seeing what our part is in it. And in soul recovery, we actually come from this really tender place of being able to recognize how we set up our patterns in our lives, why we created our belief systems. In AA, they look at it as character defects. It's all the same. 
It's all about self-awareness. It's all about a desire to change the way that we think, to change our perception so that whatever it is that we're using, for me, it was control and alcohol, that we can ask to see things a different way, that we can be relieved of our suffering, of our obsession with drinking for me. And sometimes it's obsession of somebody else's behaviors in Al-Anon. So we're asking for relief from those things. Step five is about sharing your life and all of these awarenesses with another human being, bringing spirit into it, allowing yourself to actually let go of all the secrets, to allow yourself to begin to release all these things that we've kept inside, the things that we're resentful for, that we're angry for, see our part Share with another human being our deepest, most inner secrets and realizing that we don't have to have shame, that we don't have to have guilt, that we can let them go. And then in steps six and seven, it's about recognizing these aspects of ourselves without judgment, being kind to ourselves. Asking our higher power to help us change our perception, to recognize these behaviors, these belief systems, these patterns, these character defects, these defense mechanisms. Oh, this is how I react that isn't helpful for me anymore. And yes, I want to see my assets. I want to recognize those parts of me that actually are beneficial. And I want to live from those aspects of self. I want to live from those aspects of self. And then steps eight and nine are around making amends, really looking at how have we harmed people? Where could we have done better? Now that we've seen more clearly, where do we forgive ourselves and forgive others and show up in ways for people that are new and different? Sometimes it's a verbal amend. Sometimes it's a living amend. And you can see that after having all of these experiences, by the time you get to what the promises are saying, they're saying before you're halfway through, you will have relief. These steps of unburdening ourselves from all of this shame and guilt and pain and control and selfishness, self-seeking behaviors have controlled us and so we've turned to drink or whatever the other addiction is or the addiction over other people. (laughs) So regardless of whether you were like me and you're the addict or whether you have someone in your life, it's a continued turning the attention to ourselves. By the time I got to the song and I started to write the verses and I was able to let go of my pain It was a really profound experience for me to put that down into words and share through music this experience that I felt in my desire to come into a place of healthy body, mind, spirit, and soul. We'll take a little break and I will do a little promo and then we'll listen to the song and I'll be right back. 
the Recovery Soul podcast continues to have more listeners every single month, more people coming into this beautiful community. Thank you so much for sharing this podcast to anyone that you think that it would benefit by leaving those five stars and those amazing reviews that make me cry. That is really helping to increase how many people are getting access to this wonderful community. If you want to help financially, if you want to be a supporter, you're saying, yes, this message gives me spiritual food, that this is nourishment for me. There's links in the show notes below. And one is a new way that you can support the podcast. It's through the Host Mind podcast. And there's a link that you can click and it will take you to the page where you can choose a small or a large amount that will be donated every single month. And you can stop when you like, and it will really help to support the show. If you want that extra episode each week, you can also go into the show notes, find the links to be an Apple podcast subscriber or Patreon member and get that bonus episode each week. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this community. I can't tell you how much the donations and the support mean. I love being able to coach the people that I'm coaching. All of those are what make me be able to do this full time and to be able to support and love this ministry. You each are so important to me and thank you for supporting me.
song the haunting nature of it which man those dark nights that kept trying to tell me that they were my friend and when I look back on my life now it's almost hard to recognize who I was five years ago because so much has changed in my life doing this work of turning the attention to myself letting go of control of the outside world not having these behaviors that check me out keeping my energy on me. And I still work on it every day. It's not perfect. My marriage is not perfect. My friendships are not perfect. My going out in the world and experiencing people isn't perfect. But the way that I feel about it has completely changed. The way that I can be in my life and the openness that I can continue to feel in my heart, regardless of what's happening, most of the time has completely changed. This ability to see my life in the way that the promises said that it would happen, that I can be in situations that used to baffle me. And because I'm more connected to spirit and because I'm more at peace and because I'm not responsible for every single person or problem in the world, and I'm just trying to be responsible and in control of myself and my feelings and my actions, Somehow I can pause and think about what's going on. How do I feel? What is mine to do? Why am I hurting? What's the pain under this? Can I be with that discomfort? Can I be with a discomfort instead of trying to push it down and push it away? Can I allow it? Can I trust that it's telling me something? Can I trust that God's in charge here, that even if the situation feels really complex and it seems like things are going to happen, can I follow the detachment principles to not create a crisis and not prevent a crisis if it's in the natural course of events? Those tools have changed me forever. And then all the spiritual reading and the connection that I feel, there's a faith and a trust that I never had before. And so then I wonder, why was I so afraid? And I was afraid because addiction is crazy. It is intense. And it is a demon that has control of us. And I'm grateful that I have escaped the demon. What I also love about the promises is that in the beginning, it says, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development... What that means to me is if we are dedicated to it, if we put this as our first priority, I often tell people your spirituality 
your soul recovery needs to come above and first to everything else. And they say that in AA. So that we can have everything. That if we try to manipulate and be first, not only do we not get what we wanted to be first, but we actually don't get what we wanted to be second. So if your relationship, for example, you don't want to put spirituality and recovery as your first priority because you think your relationship should be your first priority. So you put your relationship as your first priority and you put your spirituality as your second priority. And because you're not doing your spirituality, you lose both. But by putting spirituality first and our mental health and our spiritual health first, there's room for everything else. Everything else falls into place. If we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed. We'll know a new freedom and a new happiness. We'll not regret the past or wish to shut the door upon it. I was so afraid of the past. I was both afraid and angry at the past. I used the past as a tool to hold on to the feelings that I had as if they were the reason I continued to push that they were the reason that I was unhappy instead of being present in my body and in this moment right now and taking responsibility for what was mine, for my feelings, taking responsibility for my part of every interaction that I was having. I had something to do with everything how I chose to see it, how I chose to interact with it, whether I chose to be worried, whether I chose to be angry. The past was a cage. It was a cage that kept me closed and locked inside in pain. And so I love this passage that it says, we won't regret the past or wish to shut the door on it. The spiritual teachings that I've been learning and reading all talk about it's okay Once you've processed what you needed to learn from the past, the pain from it, not shoving it down, but allowing it to teach you something, that you can let it go. That it doesn't actually benefit you to continue to press play on those old, hurtful memories. That you don't have to hold on to those negative energies, those negative feelings anymore that you cannot regret it, that you can let yourself be free, but not also feel like you've got to push it away, shut the door on it, right? That you, that you need to resist it. Just allow it. Let go what needs to be let go of. Remember the things that are worth remembering and let go of the rest. I love that it offers, we'll know the word serenity and we'll know peace. By releasing this desire to have control of the whole world, by releasing this selfishness that can come from addiction, by releasing the belief, the erroneous belief that the world needs to show up for us in some way instead of us showing up for the world in some way, not as a doormat, not as somebody who doesn't have thoughts and feelings and beliefs, but somebody who can kind of tenderly let go of feeling like we have to be right, or that our ideas are the only ideas. Opening up to a curiosity, a willingness to see all sides, 
a curiosity of why people feel the way they feel, a curiosity as to what somebody else's point of view was. When we do those practices, when we come from that place, there's serenity and peace there because we're not trying to shove our beliefs onto somebody else. It also says no matter how far down the scale we've gone, we can see how our experience can benefit others. This is such an elemental piece of all recovery and humanity that we have shared stories. I love getting emails from you that say, Rachel, your story is is my story that I can relate to these things that you felt in your marriage. I can relate to how you felt with your kids. I can relate to your alcoholism. I can relate to your control addiction. I can relate to your fears because we're in this together. And that when you share your story and you share the hope and you share your strength and you share your vulnerability, you are letting somebody else see that there's hope. You're letting somebody else have permission to make changes in their lives. You're giving them permission to heal and to grow. This whole thing that we have to be perfect from the outside, that we can't let anybody see anything behind the curtain, doesn't allow for connection. We can benefit others by being willing to share our story, especially those who have even harder stories, because sometimes those are the ones that feel the most hopeless. And then the uselessness, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We'll lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. The more soul recovery that I do, the more compassion that I feel for the whole world. The more I want to shine a light and hold the belief and the knowing of how beautiful we all are. And it's not about me getting what I need and I want at any moment, although I'm very conscientious of self-care, conscientious of making sure that my mental health and my mental state and my spiritual state are well tended. But the selfishness of, I want this because it will make me happy. I need you to be like that because it will make me happy. I need this situation to look like this so that I can be comfortable and I'll be happy those have disappeared. And the whole attitude on life has changed as it promises. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. I trust and believe and know that I will be held and taken care of by the universe. When I stepped out in faith and left my job, I actually left before I was financially ready. I left because I needed to leave for me. I need to leave for my mental health. And I wasn't at a place in Recover Your Soul where I was making the kind of money that I was making in my regular job. But because I had faith, because I knew that this was the right place for me, and I was trusting of the process, immediately, immediately, I started income that began to meet the income requirements that I had for our household. And I I'm so grateful for that because I was coming from this place of the promises of if I am diligent about this work, if I'm painstaking about my spiritual process, if I am putting one foot in front of the other and I am willing to do the action steps, there will be rewards in that. 
and that has turned out to be true. I'm not making a million dollars or even really big money yet, but it doesn't matter to me. You guys are supporting me through bookings and donations in a way that is replacing the income that I made in my other job. And I am gloriously happy doing this work. I am gloriously happy being of service to you. I love being connected to you. I love doing the spiritual coaching. The one-on-ones are so profoundly moving to me to be able to connect with those of you in the community and be of service to you on your journey. I am so grateful. I love that it says, we realize that God, spirit, universe, higher power is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Allowing spirit to do for us what we thought that we had to do it all, that we had to hold the entire universe on our shoulders, our entire family, all of our jobs, everything that we did, we personally were responsible for it. And that was making us miserable. And that misery for some of us makes us addicts of whatever that is for us. And for some of us makes us addicts of the people in our lives. The final line says, are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. And if you are moving forward in your soul recovery journey, in your recovery journey, one step at a time, that's all that they ask. One day at a time. They will always materialize if we work for them. We need to work it and we need to ask spirit for help. We need to be willing to ask for help and to do the action steps that it takes to create a better life for ourselves, to change our perception, to take responsibility for our own happiness, to recover our souls. This isn't called recover somebody else's soul and make them happy so that I can be happy. It's recover your soul, us, that we are doing this together, that we need to do the work. And the work is worth it because you're worth it. I love that saying at the end of recovery rooms, it works if you work it and you're worth it because you, my friend, are worth it. So thank you for letting me celebrate my fifth year of alcohol-free, more importantly, soul recovery empowered life, this life beyond my wildest dreams that five years ago in that first ride back from the airport with Rich and I yelling at each other and me just thinking there's no way that I can make it. I don't think I can ever have a happy life. And that wasn't true. I am happy. I am healthy in body, mind, spirit, and soul. And I'm here for you. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my soul recovery journey? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's your call to action. If you're ready for real interchange and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. 
I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with higher power, whatever that is for you, and then to discover and step into a happy and healthy life of your making. You can also become part of the Soul Recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's on Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website and get your Zoom link. It's the same link every month. We are also on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and now even Insight Timer. Yes, lots of ways to connect. There is even a private Facebook group that will allow you for more communication and conversation about soul recovery with your community. If you'd like an extra bonus episode every Friday, you can become an Apple Podcast subscriber or choose your tier level of giving on Patreon. I'd also love all the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time and give me five stars, a quick review, share the podcast with friends and family, make sure you're subscribing however you listen to the podcast. We're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you, thank you for going to the website, pushing the donate button, and giving whatever feels right to you. It means so much to me because I have this mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, everything that you do to be part of this community is making all that happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.